What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's so the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, relationship advice, discernment. I will then spend time with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully give you an answer that helps you to grow in virtue. However, disclaimer is this. I am not perfect. Therefore, my advice that I give you might not be good for you to grow in virtue, to grow in holiness. If that's the case, I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. However, if my advice is helpful for you, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer so that he can give you the graces that you need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. You can hit me up with your own questions at AskFatherJosh at EscensionPress.com. Critique today's show, comment on today's show, um, and also just continue to walk with me as I walk with you toward heaven. You can also share this show on your Facebook, social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, so that other people can find out about the show. And if you rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, the same applies there as well. On today's show, I'm super stoked uh, because it's going to be a themed show that you asked for, you the listeners asked for this show, and it's all about discernment and specifically it's about discernment with two of my friends who who know quite a bit about discernment um, because they have done this and they are doing this daily in their walk toward eternity welcome to the show bobby and jackie angel hey how you guys doing <laughs> you've got two angelic beings with you father <laughs> jackie bobby jackie yeah. bobby Jackie Bobby, Jackie Bobby. So I'm stoked that y'all are on the show with me today because y'all wrote a new book all about discernment and we're going to be discussing that. What's the name of your book? Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. I like the way y'all say that together. That's, that's very yeah. cute. <laughs> we're one flesh, Father. So. That's right. Oh my but, goodness. But no, I think it's a great thing that y'all wrote this book because so many people are trying to discern God's will for their life and, and we don't know where to start. Well, and the book is not just religious life oriented. Like it's not, we think discern, we automatically think priesthood, religious life. It's really like any big decision you've got coming. That could be a college career move. Should I date this person? Should I break up with this person? Maybe it is a call to the priesthood. Maybe it's a call to move to another state. There's all these big decisions that come our way. And sometimes we feel like God's not giving us any signals or I've got several good options in front of me what am I supposed to pick? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I mean, the main goal is always, is always Jesus, you know, when we're discerning and that's the hope of the book too. It's like, listen, God has amazing calls on our life, big and small. And it's really, it's growing closer to him and listening to his voice, you know? So the ultimate goal is always Jesus, always. He's the ultimate fulfillment of um, every desire of our hearts. He's the ultimate, you know, happiness, the ultimate joy. And, And so, um, that we try to answer that in the book as well. Like, listen, you know, you can discern, <laughs> you can discern forever, but God, again, God doesn't desire that we're miserable. He actually desires that we bear the fruits of a disciple and the fruits of a disciple aren't like loneliness and sadness and despair. Like the fruits of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, the fruits of the Holy spirit, you know, their joy, peace, kindness, uh, generosity, goodness, self-control, modesty, chastity. There's 12 of them. Um, they're in the catechism. And so, you know, <laughs> the God desires that we bear those fruits and, um, part of that. And the, the major part of that is that it's a life in the Holy spirit. 
You know, it's listening to the voice of God, listening to that voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and when we do, and that God redirects our steps, you know, like again, decide, the, the, we, the book is called pray, decide, because, you know, Bobby mentions in the book too, like it, uh, so often discernment, we just don't move. We're just so paralyzed. Right, Bobby? Oh yeah. Discernment becomes a buzzword for, uh, I, I'm just not going to make up my mind for a long time here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was on the college campus, I used to hear that word all the time. Whenever someone wanted to break up with their girlfriend or boyfriend and say, I'm, I'm discerning that I'm not, I'm like, no, 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 no. Just say it. You don't like them no more. Like, let's <laughs> <laughs> quit abusing that word discernment. Um, yeah, it's, it's so true. And so I'm so excited about that book. And we're going to be talking about it throughout today's show, because all the questions that came in for today's show are about about discernment. Um, and, and so some of them are specific about state of life vocation, uh, specifically to marriage. Um, but again, discernment is a way of life, right? Always abiding in, in the God who abides in us. But before we get into those topics about discernment, which include discerning marriage and kids, discerning um, marriage, but I'm single. What about like who I should date? I'm Catholic. I have a Protestant uh, spouse right now. Like, should we continue to go on because we have so many differences in our relationship? Uh, before we get into all those awesome topics, I always like to begin this show with a glory story. So can y'all share with me a glory story that happened with y'all this past week? Um, yeah, I, oh, there's a lot of glory stories, but cause God is so good. Um, I would say one of the big ones is that I started homeschooling our five-year-old Abby. What? Shout out to the homeschool. Yeah. Well, what? <laughs> and so, you know, just, and she's in kindergarten as well. So really with kindergarten, it's like 30 minutes a day, but she just likes learning so much. She just sits down for an hour and she wants to keep learning her, her new words. She wants to keep, you know, drawing her numbers. And one day um, I try to read scripture before my uh, one and a half year old wakes up and Abby came next to me and she said, Hey mama, can you, can I read the Bible with you? And uh, so we, we read the first uh, three. Yeah. We read the first three chapters of Matthew together. And, you know, I just sit and I ask her questions and, and I said, you know, like, what did Herod, because it's all about Herod killing the babies. But, you know, she like, she's like, I said, Daddy, tell, tell Daddy what you learned today. She's like, Herod killed baby boys. I'm like, yeah. I mean, again, it's interesting because when they're little, they don't. I said, Abby, how was your day? <laughs> <laughs> Herod killed baby boys. <laughs> right, he did. Oh, my gosh. You know, and, and obviously they don't really understand the fullness, but that they're understanding, you know, that they're learning the gospel and they're learning good good and evil and again uh what is good and bad and you know so i it's it was just beautiful that she like sat down and said mom will you read the bible to them like of course sure uh, you know? oh, the bible this that's awesome and i i want to affirm you right now what's your glory story for the week my brother right here singing on the podcast <laughs> yes that's what I, i'm I, i'm here for man <laughs> no for for me really it, it's, it's this book coming out because it's been such a a long time process in the making to start to start seeing like advertising and the cover and promotional stuff it's, it's like, been like three years right like three years ago it's, well it's been like yeah like at least four years in my head and then finally getting it to paper and father you, you know you wrote a book like you know like it's a long process behind the scenes before oh, you man. actually get it in your hand and for me too I've, I've been reconnecting with some um some of the guys i used to teach who are now in college or now in grad school and themselves were going through ups and downs of discernment and like I, I wrote it also for them um and and so it's just it's wild to see it really come into fruition and, and uh really believe god's going to be blessing people through it so i'm so excited what well, as 
God will bless people through the labor of your love, your book. Um, well, and I'll share my glory story super quick. So my glory story is that on March 21st, 2020, it's a Saturday, uh, Jackie Angel and I will be keynoting this upcoming Abbey Fest at St. Joseph's Abbey in Covington, Louisiana. Uh, and everyone's invited to come. Uh, it's a great festival to help people encounter Jesus, fall in love with Jesus, and Speaking of discernment, um, uh, discern uh, how Jesus Christ is inviting them to become saints and their walk toward eternity. So that's my glory story. So thank you, Jackie, for saying yes to yeah. working with us. Uh, so excited. Abbey. I love, yeah. love Father Josh, love Louisiana. Excited to go. Jackie Bobby, <laughs> Jackie Bobby. <laughs> okay, now before we get to today's topics, I want to share with everybody a quick follow-up from a previous episode. The first follow-up comes from um, Ermeet. Ermeet writes this, Hi, Father Josh. I love listening to your podcast. I just want to let you know that until last month, I was very bad at finishing my novenas. I found this site, PrayMoreNovenas.com. It is amazing. You select your novena and you get a daily prayer in your inbox. I was listening to your podcast and your comment about novenas made me realize that I was not the only one struggling with it. So please feel free to share this with your listeners. May God continue to bless you. Yeah, uh, Ermeet, I think that's great. I, I, I tried that myself as well. And even after I got the emails, I still didn't pray the novena. So I don't know what's going to help me. But I, if it helped you, praise God. I, well, Jackie and Bobby, are y'all good at novenas? Because I'm terrible at them. I'm like day three, I forget about it. And I get the email, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it later. Because I mean, and as a priest, I have to pray the breviary already. So like, I already have my, my mass, my holy hour, my rosary, my breviary. So to add extra prayer sometimes, I'm like, oh, oh man, extra. Yeah, sorry. so for me, it just really depends on the intention and that, and if it's for someone, I'm much better at, you know, um, doing that for I'd, sure. I'd say like the temptation is just to give up. If I didn't, if I missed a day or didn't do perfectly when I think you just keep powering on. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. just drop no being a period because you missed day three or day four, like keep going. If God wants to give those graces. And I, I don't think he's, you know, tapping his clipboard. <laughs> uh, you didn't do day three. I'm not blessing this person. I do not think we have any, like, God is so much bigger than we can ever imagine him. And he's so much more merciful. One of the books I'm reading right now is Insinu Yezu. Um, it's this book for priests by this monk who is a mystic. And, uh, and just, I don't know if it's legit or not, but I enjoy reading it because, I mean, you know, you never know, right? There's always like the next mystic comes out with a new book and everybody's like, oh, it's awesome. And then like five years later, like, nope, it was fake. Uh, but I like it so far. And, uh, and one of the things I really enjoy is, is seeing the, the way that God reveals himself allegedly to this monk about how merciful he is when the monk's like, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't able to like really be attentive in prayer. And God's just like, I'm happy you came. Like, I really am not condemning you because you were daydreaming. Like the fact that you showed up with the world to me, I'm like, dang, if I could right. think more like God, <laughs> the world would be a better place. Uh, and finally, our, our last feedback comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous writes, Father Josh, thank you so much for sharing Cece's story. I recently opened up to my family about my own childhood sexual abuse. It led me down a dark path as a teenager and young adult. And after 20-something years of not understanding why I struggle to love myself, why I struggle to accept love, especially God's, and why I don't think I should be here, I finally know where it comes from and why. Therapy, family, and God have gotten me to this point where I know it's not my fault. And I understand why I made such misguided decisions. I'm starting to work on my struggles. I felt God's love for me. And it's all made possible by opening up and letting God do his work. CC, you can do it. Don't give up from Anonymous. Anonymous, ah, oh, God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing 
your testimony, your witness with us, and also just the reality that, that, that the healing power that Christ has in store for us is ongoing. And with God's grace, there's always so much more. And he heals us through therapy, through family, and through the interior life of our, of our relationship with him in prayer and the sacrament. So God bless you, Anonymous. Uh, you get my night prayer tonight. All right. So now let's jump into today's show. First question comes in from Christina. Christina writes this, I'm single, but I'm called to marriage. Hey, Father Josh, I never thought I would be writing into a podcast, but here yet I am. You have brought so much light to my life and have helped me apply my Catholic faith to my daily life. Okay, here's my question. I'm probably the most single person you could ever meet. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, maybe. Um, I'm 26 years old and I've never been asked on a date. My friends and family tell me that I would be such a catch, yet I cannot seem to get the attention of any man, Catholic or not. I'm not flirty by any means, yet I'm not shy. I guess I'm normal. I feel called to marriage, and it is so hard to trust in God's timing. I'm open to religious life if that is his will, but even after spending time with several orders, I still feel a call to family life. I know you don't know me personally, but do you have any advice on how to live a fulfilling life as a single woman, possibly for my whole life at the rate I'm going, LOL, uh, who still feels called to marriage? I'm so lost. Thank you so much for any advice you may have. It's tricky figuring out how to live in a potentially interim period, yet also potentially permanent lifestyle. God bless you, Christina. Jackie, Bobby, what you got? You know, I would say she's 26. She's, she's young. I know it feels like sometimes when you're in your mid twenties, um, like, Oh, I'm so old. Everyone else is dating, whatever. Just a couple things. Like number one, my best friend, her first kiss, her first boyfriend was when she was 30 years old. And that was the man she ended up marrying. And I'm, I was like, so jealous of that. I'm like, dang, I wish I could say that too. You know, that's so beautiful. Um, and then I have a lot of friends who are in their mid thirties and early forties who still are not married. And so I, when I think of in the, in any time in your twenties, I'm like, you're still young, you know, like there are, there are a lot of people in their mid forties. I know that they're kind of in this place now. And I've had people come up to me. I had a 50 year old woman, her first marriage. She said, Jackie, oh my, cause I tell people don't settle, like not don't settle down, but like, don't settle for like, don't grasp because God wants us to, wants to give us the gift. And it, you know, if he knows the vocation that we're called to, but so often we just don't want to be lonely. So we just grasp anybody. We're like, well, let's just marry anybody, you know, like, because I just don't want to be lonely. But this woman came up to me, she was 50 years old. She's like, listen, Jackie, keep telling people not to settle because I was 50 when I got married and I would have waited all over again. It was mm. so worth it. It was so oh, worth praise it. God. Yeah. And I know people that's happened to in their forties. I just, I just knew another woman in her mid fifties who got married for the first time. And, and so you just never know what God has for you. But so for the advice for how do you live in this you know, interim period. Yeah, my, my ear caught the word interim and kind of treating it like life hasn't started yet or I'm waiting for the next thing. And, and to, an, to an extent, yes. But I think the problem is if I just consider it as I'm just in a waiting room, waiting yeah. for the next chapter. Like life, just to think life doesn't start once I get, until I get my, my vocation, that's the wrong way to look at it. Your life is happening right now. And you know, when I was a single woman and I was single till I was 29, I just thought, number one, I could die tomorrow. 
and my vocation might be in heaven with Jesus. And I should be so overjoyed. And I was so overjoyed. I'm like, dude, finally, I'll be married in heaven to Jesus, my bridegroom, you know? The best, right? The best. Like he is the ultimate one who satisfies our hearts. So I know it's hard to have patience and trust. And obviously we have that ache for a physical, you know, if we're called to marriage, we have that ache. But even in marriage, that ache is still there because a person doesn't satisfy every desire of our hearts. God alone does that. Because you and Bobby are both finite and we're created for the infinite. And so praise God that you are good finite people who are bridges to the infinite, but you're not the infinite one. You point to him. Yeah, exactly. Bobby is, when you marry somebody who loves Jesus, who's leading you to heaven, they are, um, they are the hands and feet of Christ to you in your marriage. And they, they point you, they show you what Christ's love looks like. And that is so beautiful. Um, but, but I remember when I was single, I was so joyful. And the things were, number one, I was going to daily mass. I was going adoration as, po- as often as possible, reading scripture, memorizing scripture, reading spiritual books, just diving into falling in love with Jesus every day. And then number mm-hmm. two is to be a gift. Like when you serve, when you are a gift of self, because we're all called to be a gift and it doesn't happen just when you're in your vocation. It happens every day as a disciple the call to be a gift. And so when we serve, we forget about ourselves. You know, our whole culture is a very selfish, selfie culture. And so to, to learn how to serve and be a gift is huge. I was thinking too, like the whole, it, it tends to fall into place when you're not looking. Like when you're not kind of so focused on your singleness. Oh yeah. That's, that's when God can get to work. Like again, when I'm serving others, when I'm just kind of living and, and living for him, and attentive to what's going on in my present day. That's when God slowly starts to unveil the plan almost. Because we prioritize the gift over the gift giver. And so the Lord doesn't want us to idolize the gift. I, I think one of the biggest things I notice in my ministry, when I walk with people, men and women um, who are in that season of life is that they can make an idol out of the, the, the gift. And I'm like, yo, like, like do not worship the idol. Like do not put that on your altar. Like keep God on that altar because the reality is this, like in the present moment, um, Christina, you are baptized. You are baptized. Therefore the father and the son and the Holy spirit are abiding in you right now. Like you have the fulfillment right there in you. You go to mass. Jesus Christ is fully present body, blood, soul, and divinity, like the real, true, substantial presence of Jesus is in the sacrament of Holy Communion. So like you have God, God is sufficient. God is totally enough. And like Bobby said, whenever we can focus on like, like God right now, and Jackie said, like, like focus on the present moment, make myself a gift in the present moment. What often happens is, is the Lord's like, okay, now that you don't need this other person, I'm going to give this person to you so you can help them to get to heaven and they can help you like continue to abide in me. But it's, it, when you think you need somebody, like they, they become an idol and begin to grasp and hold on. And if we're holding on to any gift, we can't receive the next saint saint. Uh, who was it? Who said, it? I can't remember his name right now, but I love his writings. I think it was St. Basil. He said, if you possess the gift, you will lose the gift. And sometimes we lose the gift before we ever get the gift because we're holding on to it. And God's like, I'm trying to hand it to you right now, but you're stuck on it has to be this way that you can't receive what I have in store for you in your walk toward eternity. And so I would encourage you, Christine, it's like be totally open to like the Lord calling you to be a saint in the present moment through your baptism of graces. Like your baptism of graces and Holy Communion and a sacrament of reconciliation and confirmation, like the sacrament of graces are super sufficient. Um, I would also say, you know, uh, so for me, like if, 
back in my single days, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not going to get married till I'm 50. So like, or if that's when I'm not going to get married till, then I just need to, again, figure out how I'm going to be satisfied in God today and how to live in the present moment. But I would also say like, you know, you also have to put yourself out. I've had friends say this, put yourself out there. Now, I, I mean, we've had friends get married late. They met, they met their spouse on Catholic match, you know, like it's, so it just depends on your comfort. Like some people are comfortable with that. Some people aren't. So it just, it depends. You kind of have to discern that too. But, um, cause you know, some people live in areas where there aren't any Catholic, like they're like, mm-hmm. I'm the only Catholic young adult in my diocese. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's I'm true. the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes, like literally, my husband is from across the country. I, he he's not from California. He's from Florida, um, where all great news comes from. Uh, <laughs> Florida is a special place. <laughs> it sure is near and dear to my heart. So is Louisiana. If y'all ever want to move here, yeah, I know, I know. I, I know. would totally hire y'all like tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Good to know. I would. I, the last thing I'd say on this question too is like we have, we hold up a lot of unmarried saints as well like pierre giorgio Frassati and dr Muscati, who was like a doctor and he was a grown man who never got married man right so we think um you know married or or religious religiously vowed people get to be saints it's like no god may call you young are you okay giving him all in your single life yeah yeah i think one, one of the things that we do is we make an idol out of the state of life vocations. And it's like a state of life vocation is only a gift for, for many people, but not for everybody. You know, there right, are right. canonized saints who did not enter into a state of life vocation and they're canonized saints and they were perfectly happy with Jesus Christ and sacraments. And they made a complete gift of themselves to the church and to God throughout their walk toward eternity. And so. Yeah. The longer I always said to myself, like Jackie, the longer you wait, the better he'll be. Like the, the longer I wait to get, like, again, if I thought I'm called to marriage, the longer I wait, the better my husband will be because I'm hoping he's also on this path to holiness as well. And so if I meet him later in life, he's going to be even holier than he was five years ago, you know, like a fine um, wine, like a fine wine, and a- <laughs> like a fine wine. You get better with time. Yeah. By the way, my favorite wine is Josh wine. What's your favorite wine? You know, I'm more of a whiskey person than I am a wine person. Really? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. That's why I married you. Well, you know, I used to be a huge whiskey guy back in the day, but then yeah. I got ordained and, um, and now I'm into, um, I like vodka a lot more now than I ever did before. Um, I call it my skinny white girl drink um, because vodka didn't have too much, too much calories. And so... Um, that's probably why I don't drink it. It's because I'm not a skinny white girl. I'm a plumpy white girl. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I see you, Beyonce. Okay, I see you. My, my, my white Beyonce. Oh, okay, my look, okay, this is great. We have many more questions to get to. And so we're not editing it out either. We don't edit nothing on this show. So what you, what you see is what you get, like other podcasts that are out there right now that should be edited, but they're not. So next question comes in. The next question is all about desiring marriage but not ready for kids so this comes in from julie julie says this hi father josh i really enjoy your podcast and i wanted to ask a question of my own i'm a 21 year old college student and have been dating my boyfriend for over a year we both want to go to graduate school if we continue dating in the future is it okay to get married shortly after we're done with grad school when talking with some catholic friends they said you should only get married if you're ready to have children starting nine months after your wedding day is it wrong to get married wanting to postpone having children a year or or two 
financial reasons aside, I think having a strong foundation of marriage built over a year or so would be helpful before children come into the mix. I wanted to hear your thoughts. I love the church and her teachings and want to know how I can best follow her guidance with my future vocation. Know my prayers for you and all of our priests, Julie. Yeah, I would say the church asks us not to use contraception. So we're open to life. So it's like, obviously, like the methods of natural family planning, um, like the Creighton model is like 98.8% effective if you're choosing to avoid pregnancy for a certain time. And I had friends, you know, we've, we have three kids, but we have, you know, we knew exactly when those kids were coming. And um, we, you know, just if a certain time was not right, we spaced them. So it's, Yeah, it's like you can absolutely get married um, and you can practice natural family planning. I would say you're just, you always have to be open though to, um, yeah, the surprise or those moments. It's like, because like literally your cycle could change if you're sick, your cycle could change if you're stressed. So something might move if you, even if you have like a perfect cycle for like the woman, um, you know, something I, we just have a lot of friends where that happened where they like, Oh, I thought I ovulated and I didn't. And whoops. Now we thought we couldn't get pregnant, but now we are. So you have to, again, you're always placing it in God's hands. Even when you use natural family planning, even if you know, your cycle and you know, it's, you know, you're avoiding at the particular times, you're still giving it over to God and saying, God, listen, this is in your hands. So if we do get pregnant on our honeymoon, like, okay. You know, so that, that's what you are saying in marriage, like in marriage, you're saying, are you open to children? Yes, we are open, you know? Um, and so we're open to the timing and what God wants. It's always, again, it's what God wants more than what, than it's what we want. But I will say it is possible, um, you know, if they, if they're like, okay, we want to wait a year or uh, whatever they're discerning it's their marriage. That's not for us to discern for them, but yes, it is, it is possible. I would, yeah, and I would say if you discern this is the right person, then get married. Like, don't stay in kind of the the limbo zone forever here. You gotta, you gotta go all in, and, and you may find six months in, you're like, okay, you know what, we're actually ready, or we're in a place to really be open. Like, if you are doing NFP and doing it well, um, and to have those those tough conversations. Uh, Father Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking the same thing as you, Bobby. I think if you feel called to marriage with somebody, like we shouldn't make marriage like uh, an eight-year seminary formation program, yeah. um, especially because of the near occasion of sin. I mean, we're all broken human beings who are imperfect, um, who are being perfected by God's grace over time. But like it, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult, I think, too, for a couple um, to uh, – and just, just from my own experience of walking with people to, to remain chaste and a gift for the other person if they keep – like postponing the sacrament of marriage. Like we're going to wait till we're 30 and we're financially stable. Well, when are we going to ever be financially stable? Like we're not ever going to be in that place where we want to be. And so if, if you feel like I can help this person get to heaven, this person can help me get to heaven. Um, and, and I'm ready, uh, like spiritually and emotionally mature and effectively mature, uh, then, then it's, then I, I would say, then go for it. And then it's, it's going to be difficult. And, uh, and, and like they said, discernment happens all the time. We're not just discerning the state of life vocation. We're discerning, all right, uh, what is best for us to have children that we think, but again, we're humans. So we're imperfect. So we're not always going to discern perfectly, but if we practice NFP, natural family planning, like Jackie was talking about, and specifically she was using the Creighton model because the Creighton model is very scientific, but also I like the buildings and symptotherma and that, like all those methods are awesome. But like Creighton is really, really um, scientific. Not that the other ones are not, I'm not taking a shot. I love all NFP. Um, I don't do any of it. I'm a priest, but I promote all of it. 
Father has no cycle. The Marquette method. I have, I have no cycle, right? Um, they're for different personalities. Yeah, they're all yeah. very scientific based, but different personalities like different types. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's, you know, this, the, the church is based, she bases her, her, her calendar off of, of, off a woman. The church is a she, right? So you have Lent, Easter, Ordinary Time, Christmas, you know, and then and, and for a woman, right, Jackie, um, as a woman, you would know, like, right, so you go through like a Christmas and Easter and a Lent and an ordinary time um, based on your cycle. You know, so it's Bobby like church. sure knows it too. Bobby knows it. <laughs> Me and Bobby, we're like, God creates us like one way. So you're like, I hope I get a Christmas, but I might get a Lent. And like Bobby's Lent all year long. You're like, man, I was really hoping for Christmas. Um, no, but I, I just think, again, it's, it's all about um, – it's all about discernment and everything we do and, and being okay with being wrong. And, and one of the gifts of NFP is like, if you discern that you're called to wait as a couple, NFP is open to God saying, nope, I really want to bless you with the kid right now. And this also, is your way to heaven. Yeah. I also say like, you're not guaranteed a child. Amen. I think, I think that's a big cross of, of infertility, of miscarriages, of those that really want kids and they can't. So I think sometimes we think we're owed it and it, we, well, we're we going to get it right away. Yeah. Some, some people are super fertile and they look at a baby and get pregnant. And yeah. some couples, that's a big silent cross they're carrying. And so the assumption of like, well, we don't want to get pregnant right away. It's also like, well, maybe God is desiring for you to have this particular soul. Like he's entrusting you with this particular kid and it wasn't in your plan. It wasn't necessarily in your time or finances or perfect, you know, state of everything, but God wants you to have this kid. And I think we lose sight of like, that's the gift. We cannot plan everything to a T uh, when, you know, when we're ready, it's like, no, no, God's like, I want, and you, you guys are, are equipped enough that of course you're going to be overwhelmed and you don't think you can handle it, but here you go. I'm giving you a life. Oh, what a, Great insight. Yeah, there are so many of our brothers and sisters right now who's, who are, are struggling with infertility. Um, and if that's you right now, I just really want to encourage you to continue to like be open to God's grace for you. Like God loves you. He has a plan for your life and he's calling you to be a saint. And, um, and I cannot imagine what it is um, like to experience infertility, what it's like to experience multiple miscarriages. Um, I can't. Um, and so I'm not going to even go there, but I will say that I continue to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ um, because he has a special plan for your life, for you to become a great saint in your walk toward um, eternity. And that's the goal of this whole show is to help everyone become saints. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Father Mike Schmitz, and if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascensionpresents. That's youtube.com slash ascensionpresents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. All right, and we're back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, you can hit me up with your own questions, as always, at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. And don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes so other people can find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, it can be a gift for them as well. And again, 
Bobby and Jackie Angel have a, a new book that is, um, if you're listening to the show right now, it's definitely out for pre-order by the time it airs. It might also be available. It's the pre-order begins September 15th. It'll be out on sale on October 15th, I 15th. think, yeah. Oh, straight up, great up. Right? 17, 16. Somewhere around there. Somewhere, somewhere in October. And so I think there's a promo code that if people who are listening to my podcast use this promo code, they can get 15% off, right? Yeah, 15% off if you use the promo code DISCERN. And it's spelled D-I-S-C-E-R-N, DISCERN. I was thinking of all the funny, the funny ways you could try to spell DISCERN if you didn't know how to spell. <laughs> and, and the promo code, how long is it applicable for? Forever. Forever, ever? Forever, ever? <laughs> all right. Okay, last question comes in from Maggie and Lauren. All right, so they say dating a non-Catholic. Hey, Father Josh, first off, I wanted to say thank you for the podcast. It's beyond incredible. I get something out of every podcast. Keep it up. My question is, how do you go about dating someone who is not Catholic? I think he could be the one, but my Catholic faith is so important to me and I want him to be Catholic. He's Christian, so that's good, but it's not the same as being Catholic. I also want to help him get to heaven, but he's pro-choice. He claims that he is personally pro-life, but doesn't want to make that decision for the woman. S-O-S. What do I do? Thank you for any advice. I'll be praying for you, Father Josh, Maggie, and Lauren. Yeah. It's red flags when you're not on the same page with somebody. These are, these are yellow flags. These are yellow. Yellow. Caution. Caution flags. Um, okay. So when you marry somebody, so marriage is already difficult enough when I, you are on the same page. I'm right, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. So marriage. Okay. So you want to make sure you marry someone who's on the same page spiritually um, intellectually, emotionally, like you're on the same page. And so when there are these key things that you are not on the same page, so if someone is not Catholic, um, one, they better be very open, like, because you don't go into marriage wanting to convert somebody. Like that's not love saying like, Oh, I'll marry you, but you need to change. If you change. Yeah. Yeah. If you change. And like, all like with that, with that caveat, it's like, no, um, this is the deepest part of you. And to be on the same page, like, no, it's not that I haven't, I have a few friends who married someone who's not Catholic, but they are absolutely open to it. And they go to mass every Sunday and they practice NFP and they raise their children Catholic. So it's not to say it's not possible, but if there's not even an openness, then I would say, no, there's no way. But this person has to be open um, to Catholicism and very interested in, you know, and with that, like, I'll say my dad, my dad's Methodist, my mom's Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so like when they got married, my dad told my mom, like, I'm going to let you raise the kids Catholic. And he never, ever at one point tried to tell us y'all need to be Methodist. Right. And so he, he would bring us to mass and he still went to his Methodist church. He's very active in his Methodist church. Um, and he's still a Methodist to this day. But at no point in the history of his relationship with my mother that he ever tried to to stop her from practicing the faith or raising our family in the faith as well. And so I think that's just one of the points is that whenever you marry somebody, like make sure that they're not going to take you away from the sacraments because the sacraments are the normative bridge to salvation in Christ. Yeah. And sometimes I hear this question about like dating an atheist, like they're not like, obviously when you're both Christians, that's a sacrament when you, when you're both baptized. Um, but I hear this question even with like, Oh, I'm dating an atheist. I'm like, listen, one of the goals of marriage is to get each other to heaven. And if you're marrying someone who doesn't even believe in heaven, like, and then you also have to ask the question, if I die, is my spouse, can I trust my spouse, my spouse with getting the souls of our children to heaven? 
like we always think about our own personal whatever, but we never think about the children that we're going to have. That number one, your first, one of your first goals is to educate your children in the faith. Like you are the primary educators of your children's faith. Mm-hmm. And so like, I know that if I died, Bobby would absolutely, I could, I could trust him with, you know, ushering the souls of our children to heaven. Um, so if you marry someone who is not on the same page, like you have to ask yourself that question. And then the whole pro-life thing, again, this is another red flag. Like if you're not on the same page with contraception, if you're not on the same page with the pro-life stuff, like these are really important things. I would say like if he intellectually sees the problem with, you know, abortion, then it's just kind of pushing him over the edge to convict him. Like it can't just be, well, personally I'm against it, but... Yeah, and, personally, I'm against child you know, abuse, but I think others should be able to yeah, abuse children. I get, you know, I've heard like use slavery. Like, I'm personally against slavery, but who am I to say society shouldn't do it? It's like, no, we could agree that's a clear moral evil, and you know, to pray for him to show him like unplanned, like show him more oh, and yeah. more. Oh yes, yeah, like, like, like introduce him to all these other things that are just spelling out the truth of what it is to convict. Like, this is one of those things you can't just sit on the sidelines and be like, who am I to say anything? It's like. No, it's we have to. Well, especially as a man, Bobby, I mean, like, can you imagine? So he says, I'm personally not for abortion, but who am I tell a woman? Well, she's a woman. You're a woman. And so what if you got married to him and you said, I want to have an abortion? And he's going to say, well, I won't protect my own child because it's not my place to tell you what to do with your body. So if he's going to be willing to let your child die because he doesn't want to step into that, that, that debate, then, I mean, a, a husband and a father should protect life. He should protect his kid's life. And if he won't protect your child's life because he does not want to tell you what to do with your body, um, then what makes you think he'll protect your life? If, if you were ever in danger, um, Adam should protect the garden. Right? Adam should protect Eve. Yeah. And so um, there's there, but, but even with that, I think that that doesn't mean that you should break up with them right now. Um, yeah. I do think I do think dating is like it has an end, right? Marriage, but it, it is something to like have a conversation about. And say like, look, like we need to talk about this seriously, um, and 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 we can we can do this agree disagree thing for a while, but it can't go on forever. Like at some point, like y'all say in your book title, you have to make a decision. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the purpose of dating. The purpose of dating is to get to know someone. And, and when you bring up tough issues like this, so I am very, I'm all for bringing up tough issues because that's where it's like a maker. Sometimes they're make or break. I actually wrote a blog, uh, called the devil wants you to settle in your relationship. And it, Bobby, it, it's broken up a lot of people, which <laughs> Bobby's like, Jack, you're going to be the patron saint of breakups. I'm like, that's okay. Because, <laughs> because really it's like, I, I, uh, when we start making, um, excuses or justifications, but I'm like, okay, bring up the tough issues, right? Because that's when you'll kind of notice, like when you bring up tough things, you'll see how that person responds, you know, and that might either be like, oh, wow, they responded so beautifully. Like they're open to this. So like, they're open to learning the truth. They're humble. They're willing to be wrong, you know, and that's huge in marriage. Um, and and in priest, I've been, I've been wrong in my, in my priesthood so many times and I've had my church members the body of christ helped me to see things differently and so i'm so i'm so okay with being wrong because it helps me be a better bridegroom to the body of christ bobby you about to say something just i having dated you know early on high school and college like girls that weren't catholic it was tough because i was falling more in love with christ and my faith was deepening so much and it was the thing i felt like i couldn't share fully with this other person and and so i kind of knew like you know and I was drawn to the priesthood, went down that journey for a while, made me a better man because of it. Um, 
but I see like, again, to not be able to share like that wealth and that treasure of our faith and all these spiritual writings and, and like to not be able to share with your spouse would be really, really tough. Yeah. And I realized I also never wanted to be a woman who was dragging my husband along in the faith. I wanted us to be running the same race and helping each other. When, when I fell down, he would help me up. When he falls down, I help him get up. Like we're doing this together. He's not running five miles behind me or running a completely different race. We're both running the race to heaven. So that's so important. Um, and I know a lot of times we like want to make these like, well, it concessions, but I would say if someone's not Catholic, the question is, are they open? Are they humble? So that to and, me that, is, and that and that would apply for the abortion thing as well. Like, yep, yep. Are are you are you open to dialogue? Like, and and not just coming and swinging, saying this is it, and I'm not going to change because they're not going to change. Then the the, uh, the rector of the seminary used to always say, as a seminarian, as a priest. So if you're closed minded as a seminarian, you're going to be closed minded as a priest. If you're closed minded as a boyfriend or girlfriend, you will be closed minded as a husband or wife. Sacrament or grace does not change things like that, right? So it changes a lot. But all right, so. Look, we're about to wrap up. Uh, this has been an awesome, awesome, awesome show. I'm super excited. Um, but I want to give your book one more plug because I, I, I trust y'all. I think y'all are solid. Y'all love Jesus. Uh, you know discernment. And so what's the name of the book and where can people get it at? Pray, decide, and don't worry. Five steps to discerning God's will. <laughs> and where is it av- available at? You buy it at the Ascension Press website. It's available I think, for pre-order or actually to, to physically get it, depending on when this airs. But promo Ascensionpress.com. This, the, the, the promo code discern, D-I-S-C-E-R-N, for 15% off forever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever. Nice. And speaking of discernment, um, I'm going to end us with a prayer about discernment from the Trappist monk, Thomas Merton, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I would never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. I cannot wait to continue to walk with you toward eternity uh, so that we can continue to abide with each other, abide in Christ, and hopefully um, get to know each other um, forever, forever, ever, forever, ever in the kingdom of heaven. See you next week. God bless. 